Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. And now your host, John Clore. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Mustang Owners Podcast. This is John Clore. I'm the Enthusiast Communications Manager for Ford Performance, and you are listening to Inside Ford Performance. Our session of the Owners Podcast is coming to you direct and live from beautiful downtown Dearborn, Michigan, uh, home of Ford Motor Company. Well, maybe suburban Michigan. Uh, my guest host tonight is, again, the world's foremost guru on Mustang clubs in the entire planet. And it's Mike Ray, the president of the Mustang Owners Club of Southeastern Michigan. Mike, thanks so much for joining us again tonight. Always fun to be with John. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, Mike, you know, we've had uh, a couple of exciting things happen already on the podcast. You know, we had that one chance when we busted into a team Mustang party to get a special guest last week, we had a real special guest, Emmeline King and, Boy, did she turn uh, Mustang Owners Club of Southeastern Michigan's meeting around when she spoke and brought everybody to tears and then had a book signing. That was a fantastic night. Wow, it was so incredible. And what an honor to meet her and hear her story firsthand. And like you said, the emotions just came out from her. I think she was kind of wowed by the attention that um, we got to her. And then how cool was it to actually have the Motor Trend uh, Car of the Year Award there for her to take photo ops with? And she absolutely loved it. Yeah, Mike, let's let's explain that to our listeners. You know, uh, in 1994, uh, with the brand new SN95 Mustang, when it was launched, that car was one of the very few Mustangs to ever win the Motor Trend Car of the Year Award. Back then, that was a very vaunted award. And, of course, the SN95 won that award. And Bud McGaldy, who was the chief exterior stylist on the SN95, was there that night. And he had, Mike, on his phone a photo of his design group standing behind the 94 Mustang with that actual trophy from Motor Trend magazine and showing everybody that. And then... You walked into the meeting with that actual trophy. Why don't you tell us how in the hell you got that? Yeah, wasn't that really cool? I think they were both kind of wowed by that. Um, so one of our members, um, former Ford employee who has a, a very extensive car collection, um, all our locals will know who we're talking about here, but I don't know if we want to put it out to the world. But um, I asked him if we could borrow it for that night and told him the occasion. He said, absolutely, and actually even brought the award to me to actually bring to the meeting. And along with it, we had a little um, AMC um, plastic model for 94 uh, Mustang with the actual sticker on it that's unopened that said Motor Trend Car of the Year. And then we also had the actual write-up in the uh, the Mustang brochure. That that was almost off the hook. People thought it was a copy, uh, but we are absolutely certain this was the actual award. And then, Mike, as much as I love my club, my local club, Moxham, I wanted just to point out a little bit more, a bit about Mustang history and about the Motor Trend Car of the Year Award. And all I said to the crowd there, and what do you estimate was there? I think we had well over 100 people. Yeah, I think it was 118 or something that were there last week, last month. Yeah, last week. <laughs> and, and then uh, you also had a lot of Emmeline's family. Yeah, all her family was there and her dad, right, which was a, a former designer at Ford. Um, it was great to have him there. And um, it was funny because one of our members actually reached out to me the day after asking for his dad's name because the guy's neighbor worked with him. 
So, I mean, talk about a small world and what a tight community it is. I mean, that's just living proof right there. Uh, well, well the, the funny thing is all I did, did after we announced it and the people were trying to get their picture uh, with Emmeline and with the trophy, uh, all I said, Mike, was, hey, um, the other Mustang that comes to mind that won the Motor Trend Car of the Year was in 1974, was the 1974 all-new Mustang II. And Mike, did I hear some booze? Yeah, I think a lot of the room emptied out. I don't know what happened over there. <laughs> that was a good time, though. And it was definitely funny because everybody knows you as the Carol Shelby god of the Mustang II world. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a good laugh. But um, now uh, let's let's tell everybody to bring them up to date before we get into our tonight's topic. Um, one of the people we have been chasing is probably for a lot of Mustang people, uh, a hero. And uh, he's, it's because when you become the chief engineer of the Mustang and you make some iconic products and bring icons back to life, um, things happen in your career. And of course, we're talking about um, Dave Parasek, former chief engineer of the Mustang. He, uh, I know, Mike, that when he created the uh, Boss 302 from the last generation S197 platform, Dave Parasek really raised a lot of eyebrows because they couldn't believe the world could not believe that that boss 302 and the Laguna Seca variant were actually um, built in the mainstream Mustang by team Mustang. That was not an SVT. That was not a Ford performance. That was team Mustang. And I think that's what really launched Dave Parasak into the stratosphere when it comes to performance. Oh, absolutely. And um, I don't know if there's anybody in the, Ford enthusiast community world that gets more respect probably than Dave Parasek. Uh, he did so much and he is definitely a true enthusiast himself. He's got plenty of his own Mustangs that he had. I'm sure he'll share a couple of those stories with us uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, it's just, it's just going to be so great to, to hear from him. And I, I want to for sure tell my story of how me and Dave met too, because it was all around Mustang and it was super funny. So uh, yeah, that's going to be really, really fun in a couple of weeks. Can't wait to have him on. Well, um, that's the news, folks. We, you know, we did try to have him on back when we crashed a team Mustang party, a retirement party for Holly. And we, we know he dragged you along and tried to say, Oh, is he coming? Mike, remember what happened that night when we finished our podcast and we walked out uh, of uh, downtown Dearborn establishment, you got a text and what did it say? So where are you guys? I just got here. So literally minutes after we walked out. And uh, so we missed on the timing wasn't right. But now we're going to have them all to ourselves in a couple of weeks. That's right. So you folks might make sure you tune in to the Mustang Owners podcast, the Inside Ford Performance Edition, when we talk to former um, S197 and then the chief engineer, of course, of the S550, a phenomenal product, moved on to then to be head of the um, Ford Performance engineering team and uh, what and delivering the new Ford GT what a what a deal that was and then shortly after that he became the head of the a brand new group called icons uh, and headed up and, and when he asked Dave what that was about he said something like I'm in front of all the cool stuff and that that's like Ford GT and and Shelby GT500 and and Raptor and then now Mikey's even got a bigger more important job and we'll discuss all that uh, the next time we're out but thanks again Mike for making that happen. I know we, we work together on making the Emmeline uh, King thing happen. If you are a club or if you are a, a Mustang fan and have a group who would love to hear Emmeline King, you can contact her directly. And I, I would suggest to you 
you know, have her, book her for a club meeting and have be your guest speaker at your dinner or banquet. She has an incredible story of being the a Ford's first black female car designer and working on the SN95, that interior. Uh, you can just check out her website. It's www.emelineking, E-M-E-L-I-N-E-K-I-N-G.com. And uh, check out our website. You can get her contact information there and uh, hopefully book her for an event because, my gosh, the, the pieces of Mustang history that fall into place. She's a pioneer in this business. Talk about the glass ceiling. Uh, and, and she did it. Her book is called you know, Who Says uh, Black Girls Can't Design Cars? She did it, Emmeline King. So hopefully you'll enjoy that too. But, Mike, that leads us up to club stuff. And, you know, what makes a good club meeting is having great speakers. And I think, Moxham kind of led the party there, and I think the the members really enjoy it. Absolutely, that is definitely one of the benefits. Um, one of the great benefits that we bring to our club is trying to bring people from, uh, you know, from the past, present, and future uh, on Team Mustang, or that's been has touched Mustang in some way somehow to share their experiences and their stories and what they've accomplished and what they worked on and uh, what they were part of. It's just uh, such a great community. And to be able to be in Dearborn, we are very fortunate because most people are local still in Michigan, but it doesn't come to us. They don't come knocking down our door and say, can we please speak? We <laughs> do have to go out and do the legwork to get them there, but it is definitely an honor to be able to have all them there and to be able to provide that as a benefit to all of our members to hear all those stories firsthand. So, um, you know, Gail Halderman was another one. I mean, that it always comes yeah. to mind like that. How do you possibly meet somebody like that? And then for them to share them experiences with your club, that is definitely the way to go. And yeah, I, I guess you can say we're spoiled in Michigan, but like I said, it wasn't hand fed to us. We had to work to get them, but, um, we're just, um, in the geographical area that's, uh, you know, bene beneficial to us. You're right, Mike. And for all you other clubs who don't have, someone like that in your backyard. And uh, uh, our advice to you is pretty simple. Uh, to make your club meetings way more fun and really more informative, which is really what you want to do, anything that touches the hobby is a good point of reference for a speaker. So if you have someone in your neighborhood who runs the local car detailing shop, he'd be a great guy to come out and say, hey, listen, uh, if you don't want to detail your car, have me do it. And if you do want to do it, here are some tips I can give you so that you don't do things wrong. That information is really helpful. And it really will make people want to come to the meeting to learn and understand some great tips like that. If you have a, a maintenance guy, say a really good mechanic, someone who works on Mustangs and Fords, and then can come to the shop and talk about uh, some of the challenges and things that you uh, face as a Mustang owner, bring him to your meeting. You know, anybody who has any of these um, uh, experiences, a paint shop, um, anybody like that in your area, you, the, your local dealership, we talk about ordering cars, uh, any service area, those are really important things for people to know. And if you have contacts that your club likes to uh, frequent, a good place to take your car for service or oil changes or paint work or customization or, uh, you know, engine work, all those people not only can become sponsors, but Mike, I think that it makes the meetings more fun when you come back from the meeting and say, boy, I really learned something tonight. Absolutely. And just like you just touched on two of the sponsors. So, you know, when you go talk to these people and invite them out to the meeting, whether you said like it'd be a detail 
laptop or anything like that. You know, you try to bring up the sponsor role there as well. And then when they can come into the meeting and see all the people in person and see what kind of audience they're going to have and that what people would use their product or their services, what a great way to connect them and actually build that relationship. And then, like you said, build your sponsor stable for your clubs. Yeah, Mike, that's so important. And a lot of the club members that are and clubs around the country that uh, contact me through Club Connect um, say that, you know, they're having trouble getting people to come to the meetings. And I ask them, well, how much fun are your meetings? I mean, you just they're reading the board reports. Um, these are the minutes from the last meeting. So-and-so's birthday. So-and-so's in the hospital. Here's a birthday card or well-wishing. And then give us uh, what are we going to do next week? And then you close. That's no fun. Uh, have some fun. Bring some young people out. Um, invite um, young people to your car show to take pictures. And then when they take the photos, have them come to the meeting and show them on the wall and see who did the best photography job. Get people interested in coming to your meetings. And Mike, that leads into the tonight's big topic, which is how do we get people interested in coming to your show? Because a lot of clubs, Mike, are stuck in a rut. Their show has been going on for 20, 30, 40 years. It's been held at the same place. They get up at eight in the morning. They park a bunch of cars on the parking lot. People shine their cars till about two, three o'clock when they figure out all the judging. They announced about 50 trophies and everybody gets their plastic trophy and goes home. It's not bringing in the crowds it once did. We need more attractions, more fun, and uh, a more varied approach to what we do. So Mike, that leads up to why we ha- we're talking to you because you're the guy that runs Mustang Memories why is it that Mustang Memories behind Ford's World Headquarters in Dearborn every summer, the day after the Woodward Dream Cruise, why is that such a coveted event? How do you make the event so cool? Well, Mustang Memories is, you know, I, I guess I wouldn't even classify it as a regular car show. So once again, we're a little bit spoiled by the output that we have here, but it's because of what we offer. So, um, you know, we try to have so many different themes at every year's show. So we'll have reunions where we had a boss reunion. We had a four GT reunion. Um, the Mustang two, uh, reunion started at Mustang. Oh, yeah. Memories. Yep. So, yeah. And that's still today is the record holder, right? Uh, for the most cars oh, yeah. that are assembled. So we try to do those kind of things, um, to bring different people in from around the country um, try to advertise it nationally. Our biggest advertising base is obviously at the Carlisle Fort Nationals, where there's people from all over the, the country that attend that. And this is where we put the word out and um, to get people to come out to our event. Plus, there's not a better car show uh, venue for a Ford show than Ford World Headquarters. I mean, that yeah, that is, makes a great America picture. And it does, Mike. Absolutely. And uh, and then, like you said, you always see Ford execs walking around. A lot of Team Mustang members are walking around. Um, you know, then we invite special guests like Tom and Gail Wise with the first retail Mustang. Um, we had Sean Kiernan with the um, Bullet Mustang. Yeah. We had Craig Jackson and Bear Jackson out with Little Red. <laughs> Um, those kind of cars, uh, the Western Mustang, you yeah, know, I saw, I saw Vaughn Gittin Jr. There walking around talking to you. Yeah. Vaughn Gittin's there. And uh, I mean, what a great, great, uh, guy he is to, to be out there and he's excited. And I remember one year he didn't think he was going to make it. And he came in the night before and said, Mike, I'm here. I would love to be there tomorrow. Do you got room for me? I said, <laughs> of course, we're going to make it happen. You're not going to tell Vaughn. No. Um, <laughs> but then you got the big wigs. You got Shelby there. You got Roush there. Um, we've had Celine there. Um, Stita is there. So Ford Performance is always there with a trailer. I mean, there is just everything you can think of is there. So, so what's we've your, got a national setting basically in a local regional show. Right. So what you're saying, though, Mike, for 
someone who's got a smaller show is for you to get people to come, you have to ask. And it, it, all it takes sometimes, you'd be surprised, uh, try to get people to come to your show. And the attractions are are much. I know my wife, Jenny, loves coming to Mustang Memories, not just because of all the friends, but she loves the fact that you had so many different food trucks. And we went up to a food truck there one, Mike, and it said the world's greatest meatballs. And when we got closer to the food truck in real small letters underneath, it says, according to my mother. <laughs> so, but where you find these? So you have, you got food trucks, you've got the, the, the swap meat was always fun and going over there and see all the die casts for sale. You even had real cars for sale over there. You even do like a, like the Carlisle does with the, you had some kind of women's place. Well, how did you come yeah. up with that? Women's row. And I can tell you right there, I definitely give all the credit to the Carlisle Ford Nationals. A couple first couple years I went there, I noticed that they had a huge section just for women's stuff. And I says, I need to integrate that into our regional show because, you know, a lot of women come with the husbands or with the kids and, you know, um, they don't want to walk around and look at cars for three or four hours. So let's give them something uh, special to do, too. And, you know, that kind of caters to them. And that is nothing but been nothing but a huge hit since day one. We also have a kids area. So if you got the kids there, we got your face painting there. We got balloons. Um, we got games for them where they can win prizes. Um, it, it's just super cool. So we have something very family-oriented for everybody in the family. And I think that's another draw that comes there. And I've gotten so many compliments from the women that we'll be back next year. Like They really enjoyed coming to the car show because of those kind of features that we offer. Now, any club who's listening, any club member or even president or board member, the, to be able to say, boy, the women really want to come to the car show. Normally, you think it's the guys who sneak out on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon and go to the car show, and the kids and the mom and they don't want to go. But when you can make a Mustang or a Ford, a Mustang and Ford show, a family event, ladies and gentlemen, we're telling you that is going to be the secret to your success. If you bring enough attractions, I know, Mike, um, we've talked about this before. Some, uh, it's as simple as some clubs have just invited their local fire department out or their canine unit from their police department. And they'll show up and the kids will get a chance to, to sit on the fire truck, run the siren, or they'll get a chance to meet the canine unit and have their picture taken next to the police officer. Just the local police and fire people are, are so happy to be connected with the community. Other people like to connect with schools. I know several clubs who have said, hey, if you're the sixth or seventh grade English class wants to come out and do interviews of car owners, We'll invite them to a club meeting, and whoever wrote the best paper will get um, free uh, tickets to go to uh, a concert or maybe uh, McDonald's passes or uh, all kinds of, you know, to uh, toys or Amazon cards. There's so many things you can get them and, and make them feel part of the show. I remember, Mike, I went down to one club down south, and they had a big tent. I mean, it was huge. And in the tent, they made a big round circle of cones. And they had about 10 of those um, power wheels. You know what I'm talking about? The power wheel Mustang, a little electric Mustang. Yep. And it was it was racing ages three through six. Uh, the kids got in line and they put two cars against each other and made three laps. And they, they did racing. That was the it was run by the Boy Scouts. And that those kids, the line for that racing went all the way down. My kids came from all over to want to race. And Mike, I got to tell you, even five-year-olds after their second race on that track were swapping paint and knocking people into the tires. Oh, absolutely. It's so much fun. Um, and when you're talking about the kids now, too, 
John, what about the um, with the younger groups we have? We have the millennials there that, that um, are parking. We have a special section for them with a special goodie bag for them with a discounted rate to come in just to see what the enthusiast community and car show is about. Because a lot of them like to do just cruising and they like to cruise in and out, which we do allow them to just come in and not have to stay the whole time. But we do give them a special goodie bag. But to get that goodie bag, they have to walk through basically the whole show to go get it. So they're going to see a lot of the stuff that we have set up for that. Yes. as well as um, the scholarship that we do. Um, so our club came up with a scholarship program for younger kids or younger members of the family of already members um, to actually be able to get some money to help them with college, maybe pay for a couple books or anything for them just for helping out within the club, you know, whether it be working the show, you know, doing some posts on social media, you know, helping at an event, uh, just working or organizing it or doing sign up or things like that. And, you know, it, it really, really helps the club. But then again, you know, you're going to be in the in the running for a nice scholarship check from the club that we donate each and every year at Mustang Memories. Yeah, that connection with young people is so important. And it's something that, unfortunately, Mike, most clubs are just not pursuing. You know, I, I went to one club meeting and instead of hiring a food vendor, they hired the boy and Girl Scouts. And those little kids were grilling hot dogs and running potato chips and cold pot back and forth. And it was a fundraiser for their local troops and it was just fun to see the kids getting so involved at the show and serving up the food. And, and, and it was a great relationship every year. Now the boy and girl scouts had come to that club uh, and gone to the show. And now some of these kids are 15, 16 and they can drive and they're hanging out, checking out the cars. I mean, let's face it, Mike, the, the best thing we can best advice we can give club people all across the U S who are listening today is to make your show the, the kind of place you want to go to. If it's young people want to see a food truck or maybe you have live music and you got to have a DJ or some live music to make it fun. Uh, raffles are always great. You can get sponsors. You know, I just came from a show in New York. Mike, they had 50 prizes. Guess what they all were? They were all gift certificates for dinner at restaurants. Restaurants want okay. you to come back and everybody, whether it was a $20 gift certificate or a $50 or a free lunch, they went up and down their favorite places. And those restaurants know that car clubs are are fond of um, going to the new places and checking out new places to eat or cruise to. And they and that was one of the most popular raffles I've ever seen. People were really wanting to buy tickets because they love to go out to eat and check out new places. So our advice to everybody out there listening today is, if you want to make your show fun, think of things the family can do together and get the community involved. Don't just go with the status quo. And Mike, I, I like the idea of that show within a show. Sometimes you work with other clubs and bring them in and they can have a mini meet at your show and you provide the venue and they just provide the cars. Exactly. And, you know, John, trying to touch back what you were just talking about, too, is you know, you're trying to make an attraction, but the way I always worded it was, I want to make something that's a destination. So a destination for everybody to look forward to going to each and every year to see what's new there. Like, you know, that's it. Like when you go to a amusement park or something like that, you know, that's a destination that the kids can't wait to get to. Well, that's what we want the Mustang lovers and the Ford lovers to come to. It's our event to see what's happening new this year. Um, so you want you want your show to be a destination, no matter how big it is, whether it's a 30 car show or a 3000 car show, you always want to make it a destination and make it special to touch someone 
where they actually spread the word and they keep coming back year after year just to see what's new and to keep supporting you and your club. And um, that's definitely the way I could, the way I would word it is to try to find a way to make your show a destination. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Mike, the key to that again, ladies and gentlemen, is to make sure that you're active in your community. You know, you work together with, with businesses. They're more than eager to be friends of a Mustang club, Mike. And I can tell you why, you know, Mustang people, if you don't have an event or show to go, which is really pretty rare for Moxham, um, they want to go on a Friday night or a Saturday night, go check out someplace new. And businesses would love to have cruise-ins at their, you know, whether it's the NW or a hot dog stand or, you know, a big boy or whatever, whatever restaurant would love to have cruise-ins on a, a weeknight and have to fill all their seats and have new business of people that would never normally come there if they went for the club. I remember just recently, Mike, a brand new uh, ice cream and coffee shop opened up uh, in New Boston, Michigan, and the Moxham said, hey, let's go try a cruise into Doc's Ice Cream and Coffee. Place was brand new, just opened up. You know, 37 cars show up. The, the place was hopping, and they loved it. So now they want to be, they want to partner with you as Mustang Clubs, and that's how you make this partnership. Maybe they'll give you a free certificate of, you know, free ice cream and coffee and, and for your raffles. That's how you work it with both the community that you live in, the small businesses, and everybody that makes having a show fun. Mike, I'm so proud of what you do with Mustang Memories. And the rumor is you're not going to, you're actually going to go back to world headquarters, you think? That is the that is the plan. Um, we're waiting on confirmation. We won't have full confirmation until after the first of the year from Ford. Um, the plans are there. The hopes are there. And um, I asked Ford if they can for sure tell us uh, sometime by, in January as in February, you know, we do our our summit um, that we meet with all the other clubs with. And that's when we do our major starting planning for that event. So I need to know which venue we're going to be looking at before then. So um, while we're there, we can actually put our time to good use and to good planning where instead of trying to do something, then it get canceled and all that time went to waste. Well, that's a great point for everybody who's listening tonight. You know, the Mustang Owners Museum has its own summit that I help uh, uh, chair and I put together a presentation, Mike, which I've taken from your Midwest club summit that happens every february if you happen to be a club that wants to learn about all the best practices what's going on in the club world that makes uh, other people and other clubs very successful mike ray does hold on his last day of his planning i think mike what is it the second week in february this year uh this year i think it's actually gonna be the third third week um, okay well, yeah, so but um, yeah, it's definitely definitely great, and to meet other club heads from around the country to come and join us and share best practices, and um, you know what can we do to help, and what can we do to combine um, resources or um, certain events that we want to have a bigger group at that we you know we open the door and they do the same for us, and you know just to make them uh, bigger and better because we're all one big Mustang family. That's the way to look at it, Mike. And so anybody within the sound of my voice, if you would like to get these free ideas of of uh, how to get youth and how to get um, activities and businesses and everybody involved in your car show to make it successful. You can get free advice. It costs nothing. You just can contact uh, Moxham or the Mustang Owners Museum, who also does have a seminar once every year. You can join in on via Zoom, so you don't have to drive all the way to Charlotte or to uh, Frankenmuth, Michigan. Uh, in the middle of winter, but you can listen in. It's free. You can you can help uh, give your best practices and listen to so many great ideas, Mike, that people have because the passion is still there. And all we need to do is switch gears a little bit, 
to make sure that the young people continue to follow this fantastic hobby. And you know what? I don't think that's impossible. I agree. Thousand percent. Um, you just really hit the nail on the head there. Well, let's just hope that everybody uh, has the chance. Uh, if you are interested in joining one of these, make sure you can contact Moxum uh and look on the moxham website you can also check out the mustang owners museum we'll work with steve hall and we'll do after we do mike summit we use that um, presentation again and people can listen in and mike as always if you have a question or a comment on anything you hear on the ford performance uh podcast section for the mustang owners podcast you can send us an email at clubhub at ford.com that's clubhub h-u-b at ford.com We'll be sure to answer your questions if you have comments. Also, I think if you have things on your mind that you'd like to hear on our podcast, guests that you'd like us to track down, um, let's uh, just send it to us and we'll chase it down. Except for one person, Mike, and let's let's do a shout out right now to my former boss at Ford Special Vehicle Team, John Coletti. What do we have to do to get John Coletti to get back into the hobby and to be on the podcast? Mike, you have any ideas? Um, I would love to talk to John. He is definitely one of them. You know, there's only a few people that I really haven't had time to share personal time with, and that's Bill Ford, Carol Shelby, and John Coletti. <laughs> Those are the top three on, on the list <laughs> that I've not had a chance to talk to. Well, Carol will have to do spiritually, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it would be kind of cool. <laughs> be kind of cool if we could get Bill or any of the, maybe Henry the Third, uh, Etzel the Second to join us on our podcast. We do have relationships with these guys. They're they're fantastic people. And uh, John um, has kind of, um, you know, after he left Ford, uh, he's moved on. He's, he's looking towards his future and he didn't want to uh, you know, stay in the past and feel that he had more to do at Ford and wasn't able to do it. But John, if you're listening out there, uh, you're welcome at any time. Just give me a call. We'll set you up. And we'd love to talk about some of the great things that happen at Ford. These last few decades have been great. Mike, think about all the SVT vehicles that came out of Ford since 1993. Then think about all the Ford racing things that we did. Um, and then now Ford Performance. I think, Mike, you sell new cars. Is this the glory days for Ford Performance and muscle cars? Uh, you know, the funny thing is right now with the inventory shortage and chip shortages everywhere, performance vehicles, it seems like the only thing I got in, in stock at the dealership. So, <laughs> you know, I got a couple of Shelby's and a couple of Roush's there, and that's all basically we got. I got literally, I think, two Bronco Sports, an Edge, and a Ranger in current stock right now besides those performance vehicles. Well, let's, so, hope, yeah. the, let's hope Ford can, uh, not just Ford, everybody can solve this chip shortage. You know, I like to tease you, Mike. Maybe we'll go out tomorrow night for dinner and talk. But uh, right now at Ford, it's just like a bad Mexican restaurant. They got lots of salsa, no chips. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> and I know you told me not to tell you that bad joke, but I had to do it. So, folks, <laughs> I want you all to know that, you know, we're in your corner here in the uh, inside Ford Performance portion of the Mustang Owners Podcast. We're here to help you. We're here to make our hobby a better place. And we're going to get the, um, the the train back on the tracks here I know COVID is still hanging around, so hopefully we'll be able to turn that corner. And Mike, it will be great to have everybody show not only being held in the places they want to be held without um, COVID restrictions, but also having better shows because we're talking to each other, we're helping each other, and making this hobby even more fun, if that is even possible. I agree. Okay. Well, Mike, that takes care of another edition of Inside Ford Performance 
on the Mustang Owners Podcast. I hope you join us next time when Mike tells me, is it true we're really going to have Dave Parasak? We are going to have the man, Dave Parasak, uh, live on with us in two weeks. Do not miss it, guys. This is definitely one you want to tune into for sure. All right. I got a million questions already. Thanks again, Mike, for joining us. And thank you, everybody, for joining us here on the Mustang Owners Podcast. We'll see you next time and down the road.